0: So, our subject today is Jesus Christ, Our Substitute. And in some ways, this is the uh, easiest of all the titles, I think, in our series about the Lord Jesus to understand. We all know what a substitute is, don't we? Um, If you've ever watched a game of football, and you've seen the manager take one player off and replace him with another, you'll have seen substitution in practice. Or if you've ever taken something back to a shop... Um, faulty, wrong colour, wrong size, uh, and they exchange it for something else, then again, that's another form of substitution. Or if you work in the play in a um, kind of office where there are lots of meetings and uh, someone comes to you and says, I need to go to this meeting, but I've got to be somewhere else, can you go instead of me? Then again, that's another example of substitution. It's, It's a word in common use in the English language, isn't it? The Oxford English Dictionary defines it simply as a person or thing acting or serving in place of another. And I think that definition is particularly good because it goes beyond replacement. It introduces us to the idea that substitution isn't just exchanging one thing for another. The acting or serving part of that definition highlights that there is... Usually, a reason for the replacement. Substitution has a purpose. And here's the thing about our our subject today. It's not hard to understand. The Lord Jesus Christ died in our place so that God could forgive our sins. We know that. But there is a difference between understanding the facts, the doctrine of our salvation and appreciating them, as I, I said in our opening prayer. This was not a simple transaction, like a football manager swapping a player on the pitch. So let me give you another illustration. Which book does this first come from? It is a far, far better thing that I do than I have ever done. You know which, which, which book that's from? Angela is straining there trying to, trying to, trying to think uh, which book it's from. It's not from a book, a book from the Bible, of course. Um, it's um, from a book by Charles Dickens, uh, A Tale of Two um, Cities. And those are the words of a young lawyer known as Sidney Carton, and they're some of the most famous um, words in English literature. It's a far, far better thing that I do than I have ever done. What did he do? He took the place at the guillotine of a prisoner that he had (coughs) defended, an aristocrat that happened to look exactly like him, as these things do in the Charles Dickens world. Um, But um, he he went to the guillotine instead of that that aristocrat. And we don't have time to get into, into that story of course, but the bottom line is that he swapped places because of love and friendship. And it cost him his life. Now you might not have read Charles Dickens, but you have read, I'm sure, um, the book of Exodus, because we were studying this um, not so long ago in our previous um, series of talks. Exodus 11 and 12, another example we can look at, the final plague um, that God sent against Egypt, the plague of the firstborn, the plague whereby every firstborn son throughout the land was going to die. And it was a fearsome and righteous judgment on the sin of Egypt, and also intended to persuade Pharaoh to let his people go. You know the story, don't you? Um, but as we know, God offered an opportunity of escape to any who believed the word of the Lord and obeyed it. And took their lamb in the way that Moses explained to them. And killed the lamb and put the blood around the doorposts of their house for that household. When God passed over Egypt, judgment would not fall on that, on that house. Um, the firstborn sons would be, would be saved because of the lambs that had died in their place. Okay, so there's the link with substitution. Now you might think actually that the example from Charles Dickens is in a sense better uh, because it resonates a little bit more with the idea of sacrifice and of what we know of what the Lord Jesus did. Um, and the cost of course in that story was far greater he gave his life standing in the place of another. And in the book of Exodus, it was just sheep. But of course, A Tale of Two Cities is just fiction. And the story of the Passover is fact. And more than that, the reference in 1 Corinthians 5 to Jesus being our Passover lamb highlights that what happened in Egypt was always meant to be a picture of what Jesus would do when he came. Now all the pictures we see of Christ in the Old Testament show that God always planned for Jesus to be our substitutes. It wasn't like a football team manager having subs on the bench just in case. God always knew that we would fail and he always knew that he would send Jesus to save us. Now we're gonna to go to the New Testament in a few minutes but, but first, um, I want to just remind us of a few points that we know very well um, from probably the best example, I think, in the Old Testament of substitution, and that's in Genesis chapter 22. And I know that you know this story very well, but I really could hardly not talk about this example because I think it is such a very good one. So I'm reading from the New International Version, if you want to read along with me. But I'm going to be reading the first um, 13 verses. Um, It's a story, of course, the true story of Abraham and Isaac. Verse 1. Sometime later God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah.